What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are here to recap the NBA action from Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. This game, this group of games, rather, are pretty good games all around. Had Blazers taking on the Lakers, the Hornets taking on the Hawks, Cavs taking on the Wizards, Jazz, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Thunder, Kings, Warriors, Clippers, Phoenix. Lots of Western Conference games, some good Western Conference games. Two in the East, good matchups all around. Some pretty interesting storylines going on here, especially with the Lakers being 0-3 versus the Blazers being 3-0. People could have thought it would have been the other way around, if anything. But that's the case with Utah. 3-0 start, considering that they traded the farm away and have all these veterans, have all these young guys. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. And speaking of the best teams in the NBA, today is the first week that I will be doing power rankings for the NBA. So every week on Monday, starting today, I will be in continuing, as well as the game recaps, I will also be doing power rankings. So we have our top five teams in the NBA. I will get into after we do the game recap. It's going to be good. I'm going to give you my thoughts on who's the top five teams of the week. This week's teams, I think that some of them might stay here for the foreseeable future. Some might go. Might just be a hot streak, might not be, but that's the beauty of the power rankings. Things change week to week, and that's what we're going to do. So let's get started. The first game up on the slate is the Portland Trailblazers versus the Los Angeles Lakers. It was in Los Angeles. And the Lakers, man, 0-3 to start the season. This is as shocking as it gets. I understand that the Los Angeles Lakers, I don't think anybody could really come out here and say that they thought the Lakers would be title contenders. Even though Anthony Davis is back. Even though you have LeBron James one of the top five players in the game today. And you have a bunch of other dudes who, you know, supplementary pieces, Lonnie Walker, Patrick Beverly, Wanta Scott-Anderson. These are good pieces, but the team construction isn't very good in terms of not having shooters. LeBron James said it himself the first game. And defensively, they have moments where it's like, oh, okay, they, they might do something. They have some pieces defensively. They can get some stops. But what it really comes down to, again, this is going to be the story of the entire season until they remedy this, if they do. The Los Angeles Lakers cannot shoot. And that's going to be the problem throughout the entire season. Looking at the game so far, the Warriors, they were just outclassed. The Warriors are by far the better team. But I stretched it there. It was close. And if they could have hit some perimeter shots, they would have won that. But 
sure, let's give that to the Warriors. Clippers game that they played. Same situation. Close game down the stretch. Six-point victory by the Clippers in that one. Having some three-point shooting would have helped for sure. And last night's game against the Blazers. We'll go into this. The three-point shooting numbers for the Lakers. They shot 18% from the three-point line. I mean, this doesn't get worse than this. LeBron James, two for nine. If you're taking nine shots and only making two, that's awful. No, the only person that shot decently from the three-point line is Austin Reeves, who shot two for four for seven points, including a free throw. You can't win like this. Russell Westbrook, 10 points, six rebounds, six assists, 4-15, of 3 from three-point range. Westbrook is shooting 1 of 12 on the season from three-point range. 8%. Sub-30% from the field for the season. Averaging 10 points. That's not going to get it done as starting point guard. Anthony Davis. He had some pretty solid games last two, two outings, two nights. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 9 of 17, not awful. Six blocks, that was amazing. All three from three-point range. LeBron James, 31, 8, and 8. 12 of 22 from the field, that's good. Free throw line, 5 of 7, we'll take that. 2 of 9, not getting it done. Lonnie Walker, 1 of 5. Patrick Beverly, 1 of 3. Troy Brown Jr. off the bench, 0 of 2. Juan Scott Anderson, 0 of 1. Kendrick Nunn, 0 of 3. That's not going to get it done, man. And if they have shooting, this season will be totally different because they have defenders. They have guys that could score. You all understand what Anthony Davis and LeBron James can do. Russell Westbrook has his moments. And this game would have been a winnable game for them. But credit to the Portland Trailblazers, who are 3-0 and to start this season. Damon Lillard has had back-to-back 41-point nights. And this season, man, I know it's early. I understand three games in for the Blazers. Most teams have played three games at this point. Damian Lillard has been averaging 34 points per game, four assists, five rebounds on 47% from the field and 36% from three-point range, 93% from the line over the last three games. They were able to win their last two games, last two matchups they played, firstly, against the Sacramento Kings, winning 115-108. Next game against the Phoenix Suns, who look formidable in their own right, as an overtime victory. And now against the Lakers, who won 106-104 in that matchup last night. It is safe to say at this point that Damian Lillard is back. He's fully healthy. You understand the injuries that he's still saying. He was playing through injury for a while, so he got the surgery. He's able to rest, recover. Damian Lillard is back as a top point guard in the league, as a top player, top 10, top 15 player in the league. But is this going to be an MVP-type season for Damian Lillard? I know it's early. I know the stats look pretty good right now, a little, little inflated because he only played three games. But, I mean, look at the efficiency from Last night's game, 41 points, 15 and 25 from the field, 6 of 13 from three-point range, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. That's as that's as good as you, you can get in terms of star point guard play. And I think the MVP conversation can be magnified considering that he's the lone star on this team. 
before he had CJ McCollum vote, he wasn't getting MVP votes, but that had to be taken into consideration by voters. Like he has other all-star caliber guard in the backcourt. Now this is his team. If it wasn't already, it was like a one-two. He's one, number one. Damian Lillard is the number one option by far on this team. He's the man. Nobody else comes close. I understand Jeremy Grant, who had a solid outing on in his own right, 16 points, two rebounds, and assists, a 5'11 shooting, two of three for three-point rates. That was a sneaky good pickup for the Blazers in the offseason because he adds defensive versatility. He adds shooting. He has a pretty good second option. I think on a championship squad, he if he's your third option, you're doing really well. But even on a second option, I think that's solid. Anthony Simons at 12 points, streaky shooter, 5-17, over 6 three-point range. But one of the other players to score double digits. But it was Dame time, man. Dame time. Jeremy Grant had the key layup to put the Blazers in position to win the game. Damian Lillard, man. If this winning continues, and, of course, the schedule, man, as the season goes on, it will get tougher. They play Denver tonight, followed by the Heat, Rockets, Grizzlies, Suns. Now, realistically, based on how the season goes, has been going so far, they, they can go 4-1 and one during the stretch. They they can do that. They can also go three and two. They can go two and three. It, it all depends on how Damian Lillard continues to perform, how this defense continues to perform. And quite frankly, if they continue to succeed at the rate that they're looking to be at at this current point in time, I wouldn't be surprised to see Damian Lillard in the top five for MVP conversations. He's been that type of talent for the last however many years, six years. He's been an MVP talent. It's just his team hasn't had the success that other guards who have won it in the past have done, like a James Harden, like a Stephen Curry. He hasn't had that type of success where his team is arguably the best team in basketball. Next game up on the slate, Charlotte Hornets took on the Atlanta Hawks. This was a blowout runaway game from for Charlotte, winning 126-109. Charlotte put up 45 points in the third quarter to eradicate any chance of the Atlanta Hawks coming back and winning this game. And this is kind of the thing, right, for Atlanta. For the last few years, we all understand what Trey Young can do on the offensive end. Adding DeJounte Murray also increases that offensive potency of this team. Like I mentioned before, one of the top top, top starting fives in the league. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Collins, Capella. That's an amazing starting five. And off the bench, they have weapons as well. But what it comes down to is being able to defend. And for Charlotte to put up 126 points, 45 in third quarter, without two of their top three scorers from last year playing, and LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, and Miles Bridges isn't even here due to his his off-the-court issues. That is incredible in a bad way for the Atlanta Hawks to give up this many points. I mean, defensively, man, that's embarrassing when you give up, allow six players to score doubled figures for the Charlotte Hornets. Kelly Oubre being the high man with 24, Nick Richards off the bench, 20 and 11, 9 of 9 from the field. I mean, that's not getting it done. For Atlanta, they have all the talent in the world, 
They just have to be coast upright, put in effort defensively, or else they might not even be a top six team in the East. It's that competitive in the Eastern Conference where on any given night, man, you could face a team that'll be a playoff contender. Next game on the slate, Cleveland took on Washington. First game in Cleveland for the Cavaliers. Home opener, home debut. Story of this game was Donovan Mitchell once again showing that the Cavs made the right choice, the right decision to pull the trigger to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell, 37 points on the evening, four assists, five rebounds, three steals, a block, 12 of 29, shooting five of 12, eight of nine for free throw range. Still no Darius Garland due to the eye injury. So it's been the Donovan Mitchell show, and he's been showing out. Third straight 30-point game in the debut, first three seasons, first three games of the season. He's been carrying this Cleveland squad who, without Darius Garland, sort of doesn't really have that next-up offensive guy. You had Evan Mobley chipping 10-7. and seven. I'm still waiting for Mobley to explode offensively. I, I think he's coming one of these games. But defensively, he'll do what he does. Chetty Osman with 16 off the bench. Dean Wade of 12. Contributions here and there. But this game was tight. This game was tight throughout. Bradley Beal with 27 points. We all know the star that he is. 11 of 16 shooting. Hachimura scores 16 points off the bench. Porzingis shipped in 18 and 11. 7 of 16, 4 of 8. Kyle Kuzma, rather quiet, 11 points. But this game got away from the Wizards in overtime where they only scored 4 points at Cleveland's 14. And that was the difference, man. That 10-point advantage, that was the difference in the game. And ultimately what it comes down to, Cleveland just having more firepower at the time of Donovan Mitchell, who's on a hot streak, one of the top players in the league so far. He's doing his thing. When Darius Garland comes back, it'll be a scary sight to see Cleveland no matter who you are. Next game, the Utah Jazz taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. This was a tough and gritty win for the Utah Jazz, who have won all three of their games or 3-0 to start the season. I mean, that's one of the most surprising things so far into the first week of the season. We can talk about losing Donovan Mitchell, losing Rudy Gobert, not having Bogdan Bogdanovich, not having Royce O'Neal, all the guys that were mainstays in the Utah rotation for the last three-plus years. They're out of here. And now what you see is a team with Lowry Markkinen, who's scoring 31-12, and 9-17, 2-6, 11-11. Kelly Olenek. Former Piston, former Celtic, 20 points, 5 assists, 7 of 12, 2 of 3, from 3 point range. Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, former Timberwolf, 15 points, 4 rebounds, 4 steals. I really like this kid. He's going to get a big contract sooner than later because he can score. He can also defend at a high level. He's just someone to watch out for on this Utah squad. And Jordan Clarkson, we already know what he can do. 18 points. Like, this team has guys that can score. They're hungry. They don't want to lose. That unless the coach and the staff say, "Oh, we got to tank." Right now, they're looking like a team that, although not especially talented compared to some other teams like the Pelicans, they find ways to win down the stretch. And for Pelicans, terrible news in terms of Zion Williamson 
they lose him in the contest due to a posterior hip contusion suffered during the game off a pretty bad fall. He did not return. He ended the game with 25-6, two blocks, 10 of 16. Ultimately, this game's probably swung in the favor of the Jazz once that occurred. 28 for C.J. McCollum. It was just a game that ultimately the Jazz were able to capitalize on the injury to Zion. And that's what good teams do. And right now, Utah is looking like a good team, which is crazy to say. A team that also was expected to be at the bottom of the barrel. And so far, they are in the Western Conference. Oklahoma City, they took on the Timberwolves. Oklahoma City falls to 0-3 as the Timberwolves beat them in OKC, 116-106. This game was highlighted by Anthony Edwards, 30 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 13 of 19 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3-point range. Anthony Edwards, we all understand what the star potential is for him, superstar potential in my opinion. He's a guy that in the next few years could be a top player in the NBA. It's that third year. Third year jumps big for all the many superstars, Hall of Famers in the past. Think of a guy like Kobe. Things like LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade. Third year was a big leap for them. I expect Anthony Edwards to do the same. Cat chipped in 15 points, 8 rebounds. Rudy Gobert, 15 and 15. Just getting the chemistry together in some of these early games. Because Timberwolves, they want to contend in the Western Conference. That's the only reason why they made such a splash type of trade to end up getting Rudy Gobert. Next game up. Golden State Warriors took on the Sacramento Kings. Golden State was victorious, 130-125. to Golden State, despite a nuclear second-quarter performance where they ended up scoring 50 points per game, the game was close down the stretch. And by the fourth quarter, they were struggling to defend, giving up 31 points, and they were unable to score themselves, only scoring 17 points. This game should not have been close. If you score 50 points in a quarter, that should be a blowout automatically. Just solely because of the fact that you're going to score so much more than most teams. They'll get 30, maybe 35, 37 max on most nights. Even that to stretch if you're a good defensive team. To score 50, you're just shooting up, firing on all cylinders. And for the Kings to only be down by five at the end of this game, and they scored 31 in the fourth, that shows that Golden State still has some work to do defensively. And credit to Mike Brown, Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox, 26 points, 10 assists. He is playing great basketball right now. Last two games before this, he had 30 points. All the losses that the Kings have had, very close. Um... Will they make the playoffs? Probably not. Will they make the play-ins? Maybe. I don't know. They have to write the ship, get stuff together. DeMontis Sabonis had 19, 14, and 4. Off the bench, Keegan Murray, Rookie of the Year <laughs> candidate. Uh, I'm crying him already, but Rookie of the Year candidate, Keegan Murray, 16 points, 4 boards, a steal, shooting 40% from the three-point line. Malik Monk with 16. Like, the Kings have dudes on this roster. They have a squad. They just got to find a way to put it all together. And once they do, they'll be a play-in threat for sure. The final game of this evening, Sunday evening, 
the Phoenix Suns took on the Los Angeles Clippers. And it was Phoenix who came out victorious, 112-95. to This game was highlighted by Chris Paul, who, although he didn't have the biggest point total, he had 11 assists, and those 11 assists were in an effort to help Chris Paul become the third player in NBA history with 11,000 assists, joining Hall of Fame point guard John Stockton and Dallas Maverick coach Jason Kidd. We all understood this was coming for a while. Chris Paul, one of the best facilitators, floor generals in NBA history of his generation for sure, but in NBA history, future Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. I'm still kind of mad he didn't end up winning the ring back when he was in the finals against Milwaukee. I really wanted him to get that one ring. Um, there's still time, although with the last few games, Chris Paul definitely has been showing that he's slowing down. His efficiency hasn't been great. Only shot 3 of 11, 1 of 8 tonight when they played. But it was a tough matchup. Tough matchup. Uh, Phoenix, they are going to be a team to watch this year. They won the 64 games, a franchise high last year. But ultimately lost in the conference semifinals to Dallas. They want to avenge that. They want to get back to the finals. And looking at Devin Booker who's on a tear this season, three games in. Devin Booker averaging 32 points, five assists on 53% from three, 53% of the field. While those percentages might not last, I still think that right now he's on the hot streak. His impact is evident all over Phoenix's first three games. He could also be a dude, along with Dame, that at some point gets in that MVP conversation. He was last year, but I think this year will be more magnified solely because... He's going to have great numbers, one. The Suns are going to need a bit more from him, losing certain pieces. Their bench isn't as strong as it was in past years. Devin Booker, 35 points this past outing, four assists. It was needed against the Clippers, who had a not terrible night shooting, but it was a rough start early on. Reggie Jackson, 0 for 5, 0 points, 22 by... Markeith Morris, which is a season, no, team high, excuse me, I said Markeith, Marcus Morris, all these dumb confused, Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard was off the bench, he only 2 of 6 for 11 points, John Wall was 17 and 4, he was a bright spot, and Paul George, 4 of 11, 16 points, Phoenix's defense was on point last night, Devin Booker was on it, he understood the urgency of having to win this game, and quite frankly, if they continue winning, Devin Booker will be an MVP conversation. And that, speaking of Phoenix and winning, they are the number five team in my NBA power rankings for week one. Just to break it down for you guys, we're going to do top five team in the NBA every week. So, without any further ado, like I mentioned before, the Phoenix Suns are number five. Phoenix Suns at 2-1 have had some solid wins. They had their opening win against the Mavericks, 107-105, followed by a loss to the Trailblazers, which was an overtime game. Tough loss, but still showed that they were a solid team. They just lost to a team that's hot right now. Dame Lillard's hot. That's tough loss. Then, obviously, their win against the Clippers. 
The Mavericks and the Clippers definitely playoff team. Trailblazers are trending toward the playoff team, which they lost to. But overall, I still think that Devin Booker has been playing lights out so far. I think Phoenix's defense is something that's going to be a force to be reckoned with throughout the season, despite all their losses in the offseason with some of their role guys like Jerome McGee and others. Jay Crowder not in the mix. They're still playing solid basketball. I think that has to count for something. Next up, number four in my power rankings, the Portland Trailblazers at 3-0 and to start the season. First win against the Kings, 115-108. to Solid win, a win that they're supposed to get at this point in the season. Going up against, like I mentioned before, with the Suns, they beat the Suns 113-111 overtime. Damian Lillard had 41 points. Clutch performance by him and followed up with the Lakers game beating them 106-104. They're winning the close games. That's a sign of a good team when things get close, palms get sweaty, all of that. Teams are able to come through. Those That's what the good teams do. And Portland being 3-0, and surprisingly 3-0, and I don't think people really anticipated the Blazers getting out such a good start or having a good year. Maybe people thought playing. But the way Dame is playing at this point, who knows? Number three, on my power ranking is the Milwaukee Bucks, two and zero on this season. Next game they play will be Wednesday against the Brooklyn Nets. That'll be a game to watch. But opening game for them, they beat the Sixers ninety to eighty eight. Again, winning the close games. That was more close than I think the Bucks would like to admit, because there was a, a call that wasn't missed against James Harden, who could have went to the line, but. Ultimately, the Bucks, and again, let me mention their next game, 125-105, blowout of the Rockets. Rockets are going to be at the basement of the Western Conference. For the Bucks, they are a team that defensively is stout as ever. They have the best player in the NBA. It's going to be hard to beat them come postseason time. It's going to be a top three team in the East, potentially a top five team in the entire NBA, considering their talent their depth, their role players, their coach. They have all the necessary ingredients to win an NBA championship this year. And they're going to be in the conference finals. I think that's safe to say. Number two on my power rankings, and this one is a shocker, the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz are 3-0 to start this season, and they've had quality wins against teams that look like they're going to be in the playoffs in the Western Conference. First off, they beat the Denver Nuggets 123 to 102 a route against a team that has title aspirations this year with Jamal Murray coming back, Michael Porter Jr. coming back, two-time reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic and the supplementary pieces that they have, Mike Malone, great coach, solid organization. Utah Jazz beat them by 20 points. That has to count for something. And if you thought, okay, that's maybe a fluke. Okay, next game. Utah Jazz take on the Minnesota Timberwolves, the new look big three of Cat, Anthony Edwards, and Rudy Gobert. 132 to 126 overtime victory. Took an extra period, but they still got it done. 2 0. Next game yesterday, Utah Jazz took on the Pelicans. 122 to 121 overtime victory against the New Orleans Pelicans, who are looking like a top five team in the Western Conference. Yes, they lost Zion in the match, but. And Jazz have to play against who, they, who they're up against, you know. And they scrape by, gritty win, 122-121 to 121 victory. 3-0 to start the season. 
I don't think anybody could have expected that. The next two games on the slate are against the Rockets. They can easily be 5-0. and And then they face the, the Nuggets. They face the Grizzlies twice, Mavericks, Lakers. Who's to say they can't go 8-2 and two after that Lakers game? Who's to say they can't? Maybe they won't, but who knows at this point. So Jazz are number two in my power rankings. Number one in my power rankings are the Boston Celtics. I know some people might say this is a little biased. I'm a Celtics fan, but if you watch the tape, you've seen what this team has been doing so far. It's not a surprise. Okay, opening night, first game of the NBA season, they took on the Philadelphia 76ers, beat them by nine points handily, taking care of them. After that, they took on the Miami Heat, rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals. They beat them 111-104. Then Saturday, they took on the Magic, 126-120. to Celtics took care of them. Tonight, they play the Bulls. That'll be a good game, I suspect. The Boston Celtics will take care of them again. And just from the perspective of players, right? Jason Tatum is a top five player in the NBA at this point in time. I mean, when you're averaging 35 points, eight rebounds on damn near 60% shooting, 33%, three assists, one steal, two blocks, you can't ask for more on the offensive end. And offensively, this team is great defensively they are good they are going to get better once Robert Williams gets back and I think as the season goes on once they get more reps they continue to play a higher level competition they'll take up that defense to another level they are the best team in the NBA so far and that is my list for the power rankings this week it's going to be every Monday right after my game recap we'll get straight into the power rankings I foresee Boston staying in the power rankings. I foresee Phoenix staying in the power ranking. I foresee Milwaukee staying in the power ranking. Jazz and Portland, they are on the way out potentially. We'll see next week. Whole bunch of games between today and next Monday. So a lot of chance for teams to move in, move out, shuffle around. A lot of fluidity, a lot of flexibility with the power rankings. But that is my power rankings for week one. Phoenix Suns at five, Portland at four, Milwaukee at three, Utah at two, Boston Celtics at one. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Please, guys, make sure you guys rate five stars so we can move up on the algorithm. More people can find us, tune in to all this great NBA content. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, family and friends. Put it on social media, all that good stuff, so we can share the good news about my NBA podcast, the From Downtown Podcast, going strong one week in just about to the NBA season. It's almost good basketball being played. Storylines are getting more interesting. Potential MVP candidates are rising with Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. Have Jason Tatum continuing to ascend, being the great player that he is. Trouble in paradise. Like the Lakers and Sixers both being 0-3, will that last? Who knows? I think for Philadelphia, I don't think so. With the Los Angeles Lakers, maybe. Because at least Philly, on paper, they have a great roster. They just need to figure it out defensively. With the Lakers, there's a whole plethora of issues that have been plaguing them since before the season even started. So, NBA man, 
You never know what's going to happen. You can speculate and guess all you want. That's why I'm here. By the end of the day, we've got to play these games and see how everything turns out. Until next time, guys, take care.